Um, do we have an idea for our intro sketch? Uh, I don't. Um, okay, we're uh, we're two we're two miners. Yeah, Brandon, we are. I think we have to be about eighty-two kilometers underneath the Earth's surface of Saskatchewan right now. Yeah, it's getting pretty hot down here. Uh, does but, that mean we're but, getting closer to hell? I don't know. I don't even know what we're looking for. We've been we've been mining for years now, just getting deeper and deeper. Good thing our canary is still alive. Canary is still alive, so we're good. They gave you a canary. They just gave me a hamster. They didn't give you a canary. A hamster? They gave me a pocket hamster. It's in my front pocket. Is your hamster still alive? Um, no, I sat on him a few days ago. Well, we'll keep an eye on my canary here as we uh, as we pick away at these rocks. It's all rocks, yeah. rocks, rocks, rocks. What are they going to tell us what we're digging for? I don't know. Let me just let me just move this one big rock here. Oh, oh no! You, what the? What is that? What is that? Is that is that what we're looking for? I don't know. I've, I've never seen anything this color of turquoise this deep into the earth's surface of Saskatchewan. I think it's glowing. Does it look like it's glowing to you? Don't. Let me just remove another rock and we will see. Does that mean it's radioactive? Whoa! Oh. You think I can pick it up? Should I touch it? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a giant glowing turquoise rock. What does it feel like? Is that turquoise or chartreuse? I, I don't know my gems. It's some color. It's, it's giving off a color. I'm going to go over there and touch it. I think if I reach down here, I can pick it up. Is it hot? No, it's extremely cold. It's, well, it is pretty cold down here. And Wasn't it just hot? No. Oh, no, that, yeah, temperature's changing to hot again. This thing's going from hot to cold, and it's glowing and pulsating. I think you should lick it. Is that the scientific thing to do? When we're just, just like, we're just miners. We don't know anything. Well, we could carry it three days back to the Earth's crust and just find out that it doesn't even taste like anything good. Or we could lick it now. If we lick the rock, we'll know what it tastes like. Just lick the rock, Brandon. All right. Let me get down on my knees here and get nice and let's close hope, to it. Let's hope your tongue doesn't get stuck to it like a lamppost. I think it's, it's vibrating. Wait till it gets hot again. It's cold. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want my tongue to get stuck. But not too hot. It keeps going from really hot to really cold. I'm gonna set it down. I'm gonna set it down. I don't know what it's doing. Whoa! Oh, okay, my... I, I just set it down on my canary. Okay, my, canary uh... my canary's dead. Well, my hamsters come back to life, so I don't know what's going on. That's weird. All right, lick it, lick it. You can lick it. I'm gonna stand back. You lick the you lick the weird glowing turquoise rock. All right, here we go. I know everything. I am all-knowing. I have the knowledge of the universe at my grasp. Goodbye, mere mortal. I will see you in another world. Okay, well, uh, Brandon's gone. And now I'm just alone. 18 kilometers into the Earth's surface. With no canary or hamster.
you said it was eight. I think you said it was eighty-four kilometers. <laughs> I'm alone. Eighty-four oh. kilometers. All fun with that one. Okay. Yeah, there's some sound design for sure. All right, start us off, Brandon. Hello, folks. Welcome to We're Doing Podcast. My name is Brandon McIntosh. I'm your host here to bring you all the great news of why the world's ending and what you can do about it, which is not much. Here with me is Tyler Shaftsman, my co-host. How are you, Tyler? Hey, Brandon. Here we go again. Hey, eh? another doomsday. Another day in doomland. Another week we're still here. Another week we still have power. Another week we haven't run out of food and water. World's still pretty good. So we're doing all right. I can tell. World's still doing all right, but it doesn't world's sound... Doing, world's doing real, real, real good. Actually, it's not doing good. What are we no, talking about? COVID <laughs> cases are rising every day. I think we're up to over 200 here now. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, right. Stay inside, wear your mask, as we say every week. Now, I know we always start the podcast probably talking about COVID, but we do need a COVID update every, every once in a while, see how it's going. Uh, I found this. I thought um, this would have been canceled because of COVID, but apparently the mall Santa, we've talked about this on the other episode where I thought mall Santas were canceled, but that's not the case. In fact, Santa is a super spreader. I I read multiple articles about how Santa uh, has gone to the mall, has gone to schools, has gone to retirement homes, like all the places they're trying to like keep safe. It's not like, it's not the same person, Brandon. I know it's not the same person. And but if it was, if Santa was real, if Santa Claus was real and he was this person traveling the world in one day, he's the ultimate super spreader. Like, yeah, we of course, just, we'd have to tell Santa to stay home. You think Santa would listen? No, he's there's, a, probably, there's probably a bunch of little kids catching on to that too. They're like, oh, oh this guy's everywhere, he's probably spreading it. A little parent, there's probably so many kids with paranoia problems right now. I know. Like you got the parents that tell them that like Santa's not coming this year. He's being safe. He's staying home <laughs> just like everyone else. And then you have the other parents who are like, Santa's coming because he ain't falling for all that mass COVID bullshit. <laughs> and then the kids the kids like, but what if he coughs on the cookies? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Santa Santa at a retirement home got over fifty old people sick with the virus. Like that's crazy. Like, this is not, like, these are mall Santas. These are just regular dudes, but we don't need mall Santas right now. Wow. Send them home. Send, Send them, them home. home. Just let them read their dragon novels. I don't know what old people with beards do. I imagine yeah. they read and write dragon novels. Uh, anyways, uh, another horrible thing in the news uh, we talked about plastic and all this crap we're, we're, com- we're building up in the world. Did you know that human-made materials now outweigh Earth's entire biomass? Um, I did hear that. Somebody did send me that article that we, we have now created more shit that weighs more metric tons than the actual fucking planet. Yeah, than all the animals and all the plants combined. That is insane. That's that a is, lot of stuff. That is and this, wild. And this is all stuff, of course, taken from the earth. We're not, most of the stuff isn't just being created. Well, actually, plastics and stuff, like they're all chemicals and stuff we've had to learn about and slowly create what plastics are today, synthetics. But 
and all at some point came from the earth but now it's all converted into just just shit <laughs> everywhere buildings <laughs> cars just just dams sky domes wow just but like that's just that's just proof right there that humans are just messing it all up we're doing more harm than we are good right now and we have been for a long time but and like it's not like this mass of stuff is gonna go anywhere too like if like suddenly humans disappeared it's not like the all our crap's gonna come with us like eventually nature will take over again but like right this, this stuff's here for good it's here for a while like at least millions of years before any of it's like properly broken down and buried in rubble and under the totally. ocean totally and we're just going to keep creating more and adding to that number yeah why not keep keep that number growing just we that's what the world needs more shit we, we don't need more shit no we don't you don't need to go see santa claus you don't need to go to the ball no you need to listen to this podcast <laughs> that's right uh, i'm a hypocrite though i had to go to the mall today um there's one a few things i needed for christmas presents you know i tell myself every year i'm like screw christmas man i don't i don't want gifts i don't need to give gifts but then like here i am weeks before it just like i need to get everyone gifts <laughs> like, see i've been saying gifts. that i've been saying that and doing that for years <laughs> especially this year there's no way i'm going out there i'm i know i'm going nowhere but yeah. the post office you know i was good though i got most of it online delivered but, everyone's uh, getting a nice handwritten letter this year <laughs> A good, a good stern handwritten letter about what you really feel about. <laughs> yeah, you're having what you, a what you fear. Yeah, what are they? What are they celebrating Seinfeld? What's the? What's the uh, George's father? Yeah, Fe Festivus. Festivus. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah. Is Festivus? I'm gonna just write a list of all my fears on a piece of paper and send them out as Christmas cards. <laughs> <laughs> But get all my it, dread. But we should say, Brandon, before we talk too much further, because um, we do have a really good episode. Uh, we actually have a guest on our show this uh, today. We're going to get to the guest um, soon. But I just wanted to say, if you're waiting for the guest, we'll get to the guest. The guest is coming. Uh, I got I got oh. one more one more story to cover. Something I didn't even know about. Uh, there's a commemoration. Uh, of a taxi taxidermied Hitler's alligator goes display on Moscow. So okay, stop right there. Okay. Hitler had an alligator. Hitler had an alligator. Is um, that common knowledge? Cause I feel like in my 32 years on this planet, I would know that by now if I, you know, not that I'm studying Hitler all the time, but like I've watched enough world war two documentaries. I think I would know that he had an alligator. Well, it was part of the Berlin zoo. Uh, introduced in 1936, but it was also believed to be part of Adolf Hitler's personal collection of animals. So he had an alligator. Uh, among that, he also had, I think he said it had a raccoon. He had a few, he had a bison, porcupine. These are all part of a North American display. So he just uh, had his own zoo. zoo. Yeah, it was the Berlin Zoo, but you know, he was he was in power and he just he, <laughs> so it was his zoo and those are his alligators. Yeah. I think he just went to the zoo one day. He's like, I I would like that alligator. <laughs> so, can you bring that home? You wrap it up and bring it home. <laughs> I feel like uh yeah, if if he's gonna choose any animal at the zoo, he's gonna pick a heartless uh, cold-blooded monster like an alligator. <laughs> 
to to hang out with him, which which is exactly what he is. But anyways, this this crocodile is being commemorated. This Nazi crocodile, for some reason, there's there's places in the world trying to tear down statues of like old old leaders that were horrible and racist, and and old slave owners are trying to tear down. But not in Russia. They're putting up Nazi alligator statues. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious that but there's going to be a statue of this alligator he lived to 84 years old he survived a bombing so he survived a lot man well alligators are dinosaurs so yeah he's gone through a lot he's going to survive some some bombings here and there one of the only animals to survive at the zoo was the alligator so maybe that's when maybe that's when Hitler took him in he was a he was a adopted him he was all right. by himself just took in this poor little alligator because you know that's that's a story you probably don't hear about hitler and his alligator when i was a kid i I did want a pet alligator because i was like if i get one now i will have it for my entire life yeah it'll be big it'll be yeah like i wanted to get a baby one when i was like you know 12 years old and then i was like by the time i'm an adult the alligator will grow with me it'll live my entire (laughs) life you know that's not a problem eh? it's just full-grown alligator growing with you you'd have to have a pool yeah i knew a guy i knew a guy who had an alligator um not far from where i lived and he had a pool for it and a little pen for it and i think it ended up dying of natural causes or something i can't remember but um i did know a guy with an alligator when i was growing up he was like a guy who's like an older bmx rider that we all looked up to and uh, he still hangs out sometimes i should ask him about his alligator next time i see him he's out yeah. the, he goes up to my buddy's skate park every once in a while I never know what happened to his alligator. <laughs> you got to find out. Maybe you let it go into the sewer. Who knows? I, I don't think that's what happened. My dad might know. I'll ask. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a fun pet to have. It doesn't. Uh, you, pets, you want you want to cuddle with something. I don't think reptiles want to cuddle. Yeah, you don't want a pet that you're terrified of. <laughs> it may like, be I don't, I don't get pe- people that get poisonous snakes or like... Uh, like even just like spiders and stuff like why do you want a pet that can potentially kill you yeah like if i was like maybe if i had like a castle and a big moat and i wanted to fill that with those are my pet alligators in the moat like that's to keep knights at bay that's just proof again right there that humans are the ones that are doomed with their dumb thoughts that hey i can tame an alligator (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah a few missing fingers later no you can't no, you can't. <laughs> Did you see that video of that uh, guy in Florida? His puppy was snatched by an alligator, and he jumped in the water and strangled it until it let it go. I would do that if anybody touched my puppy. Yeah, like it wasn't a big crocodile or anything, but like, goddamn, he had no hesitation. So you'd yeah. wrestle an alligator if it snatched up your Boston? Oh, totally. I would at least try to punch it in the gut. <laughs> this guy didn't even lose a cigar in his mouth. That's crazy. That's but crazy. Uh, this that was a fun story. Let's you know what? You let's, wanna, let's, you let's wanna roll get to into our, our guest? Our guest, yes. Yeah, yes. no, I, I want to get to our guest because I'm really excited to have our guest on. Um uh, I hope we get more guests on. I think that's something we're gonna do going into the new year because uh this interview went really well. And uh this is a interview and a talk with a guy that uh was a 
or was and is a great stand-up comedian in Toronto, someone like what we used to watch all the time. And he's got a new album out. And uh, Mark DeBonis is our guest. So let's cut now to our talk with Mark DeBonis. You know what? I definitely am in... Uh... I am not confident in the future. I can tell you that much. I, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's part of the reason we do this every week. I feel like it's part therapy, just like, so I, I don't have to abuse my girlfriend. <laughs> not in that way, just her hearing me talk about this shit all the time and yeah. my family at Christmas. They don't want to hear this shit. But no, uh, it's better. Anyways, to... before we get going, uh, I just, uh, if you want to plug in anything, uh, some of your shows you got going, you got a new album out. Yeah, yeah. I actually have uh, a new album that just came out November 20th called Minutia. It's a stand-up sketch EP. Been uh, throwing the word loosely around as um, as a concept album because the sketch is kind of intertwined with the stand-up. And, yeah, uh, I loved it, man. Oh, awesome. You listened to it? Yeah, for sure. No, it's I've been downloading comedy albums like crazy during this whole pandemic, yeah. just going through. and they just kind of fly by. I don't pay attention to them, but I, I loved yours just cause you don't hear that anymore. You don't hear many sketches yeah. and comedy albums anymore. No, it was uh, definitely something that was fun to do. And I've never really done something like that before. And, and even getting into stand up, like I got in for like script writing essentially. And then I fell into stand up, and it was cool to like, do sketches, audio sketches, which are easier to maintain than video sketches. And then we actually recorded it remotely. Like Garrett was in Winnipeg. I was in Los Angeles. Uh, Barry and Dino were in Toronto. Like everyone was separate the whole, for all the sketches. That's perfect. That's well, that's the way you have to do it right now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think audio sketches are going to make a comeback. I, I would so, imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I started a new podcast, uh, recently actually if it's okay to post a podcast on a podcast oh. i don't know if this is taboo absolutely man i'm new to the podcast is, uh, recording world that just means you're gonna have to have us as guests yes well <laughs> if you are into what i'm doing i 100 percent want you guys on it's uh i'm doing a podcast called my first trek where i'm watching star trek for the first time i've never seen an episode in my life oh that's great and uh which one like right from the original beginning, series episode? like i'm going way oh, way back so it's uh it's actually all streaming on netflix so i've been uh getting into that so that's like the main things that are happening right now that's amazing i also don't know anything about star trek um i remember watching it as a very small child and had no idea what was going on yeah but it's just something I just I, it, I like the look of the age. yeah it had a whole thing and it's been interesting talking with different people about their how they got into it and the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars like I grew up watching Star Wars like that was kind of like the big thing that was around when I was a kid and it was like yeah. not the, it was just that that was what was mainstream I guess where Star Trek was more like you know, weirdo out in a comic book store like it was like I didn't know anybody who watched Star Trek so. It was, yeah, when you did see people that really like Star Trek, you're just like, all right, weirdo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like, don't go just cross the street, maybe. I don't know. Don't get into the van. <laughs> there seemed to be like a lot of drama storylines going on in Star Trek all the time. It was like really more like, you know, like a soap opera in space. Well, that's yeah, actually. I didn't know it would be so dramatic. Yeah, that someone was telling me is exactly actually what happened because I didn't know that Lucille Ball. I Love Lucy was one of the producers from the original series. Oh, no way. And when it was, I had no idea. And when it was pitched to her, 
they essentially said it's a Western in space. And she was like, <laughs> I don't even want to hear more. Let's just do a shitload of them. And that's uh, what happened. And, and I guess with a wow, TV that's show. That's how easy it was to pit. That's how easy it was back then, <laughs> that, right? Yeah, I just <laughs> throw out a sense. random combo. That makes sense. That makes total sense. It is just a Western in space. Yeah, like it's crazy <laughs> when you think about it. But also for the TV show, they need that like format of the drama and the all coming back around in that episode for the most part where a movie is, uh, you know, they don't have to do it as much. Yeah. And then they just kept making them too for years and just, Oh yeah. yeah. Next generation. Adding characters and yeah, that's kind of where I got messed up because I thought that there was only 80 episodes like ever. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) Oh, I could do this. And then I was talking with my friend and he's like, they're just releasing the 800th hour of Star Trek. And I'm like, they're like, this is too much, but I'm going to, you have a lot of podcasts. I got a lot. (laughs) I have a goal and my goal is to, I want to have 30 episodes recorded by January 1st. So I'm going to release probably two or three a week because there's so many. And then by the end of the first generation of Star Trek, I'm going to see where I'm at and then go from there. This is this is right what on, this man. is what I've always wondered because I've never seen the first one. You just watched the first one. Does it show them actually like leaving Earth? Okay, this is exactly what I've been confused about because the first couple episodes I just released the second episode today or whatever day this comes out. I don't know, like this week. Right. Um, but it's like I don't know what the whole point of the Starship Enterprise is. And they start out in space. And I've been learning that essentially in plain terms, I guess, they are, it is in the future. And they are, uh, yeah, they are um, (laughs) essentially like unionizing planets. So they go to planet to planet and they're like, hey, you want to be part of the Federation? We're going to look after you, but they are also like fixing stuff along the way. So you don't know. They they talk about Earth sometimes in the past tense, like it doesn't exist anymore. Right. And then. Yeah. So I still don't know, to be honest with you. But <laughs> so they so it sounds like they've been up there a while. It, like, yeah. They, fact, they have a whole new calendar. It's star dates, apparently, is what it is. Right. So so they're a galactic federation essentially and they've they're going around planet to planet to try and get people to join their federation. <laughs> yeah, for protection, like a mafia. That's pretty wild cuz uh, I don't know uh I don't know if you're into aliens and UFOs and oh, all yeah. that stuff. There's been some pretty wild stories in the news having to do with galactic federations. Oh really? Uh, me and Tyler oh. talked about this on a recent episode. Yeah. It's uh the Space defense. The former space defense minister of Israel. I've seen this. Has come out. Uh, yeah, he came out saying essentially there is a galactic federation. Yeah, on Mars. Um, yeah, our governments are aware of them. They're in a underground base in Mars, and the aliens. They said we're not ready. We're we're not. It's like don't reveal it. They can't handle it. It's so. It's interesting because uh, they they say like especially if you think about this year in particular. Uh, it's yeah. like clearly something is about to happen. Not that it's about to happen, but it's like something is brewing because apparently when there's a high level of alien sightings, it's always yeah. before a major disaster. And it's like they don't know if it's going to be uh, like when there was like the big uh, tsunami 
there was high level of alien uh, sightings, when there was uh, volcanoes high level, and it's like, are we in that time right now, or is this the pre boil to what we're about to get into? Because this year, man, like the government is talking aliens now, you know, like yeah. openly. Yeah, they kind of they kind of have to. Like there has been groups pushing them for years, and uh, like not just wacky like Facebook groups. Like let's all sign a petition, and like, <laughs> there's like people who've been in this for years yeah. and just like re- pushing the government until finally like they. they kind of force it out like it all started with those uh ufo videos that were released like uh well the pentagon released them but they the were fighter jet the, yeah, the yeah. three military yeah. things yeah 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 I, yeah i saw that yeah. and it's also just like they're so, like what are they going to talk about though you know <laughs> they're like man yeah. covid's every day we got to <laughs> step up our news throw in the aliens <laughs> yeah this guy's writing a book all about it and it's wild because this guy uh, i i listened to an interview it talked to the journalist that wrote the story about this, this the original story about this before it took off and went viral. And he said, like, this guy's well-respected in the country of Israel. Like, he helped develop their space program, essentially. Wow. And he's been a major part of the military and the space program through his whole career. So him coming out, he's like 87 now. He's coming out with a book all about these aliens, right? And, yeah, it's it's so hard to wrap your head around, like, someone with, like, this much prestige and like he's just legendary there and just come out with this and he's not the first no that's what i was going to say there's been like a couple like high level military guys that have come out with this haven't there been yeah there's a canadian guy paul hellier he's uh he's up there too he's like 92 or something he's he's back in this you you have to believe him like what do these old dudes have to lose right like they're if they saw if they saw something and they were maybe keeping it secret for years and now they're just old and like i'm just gonna get it out there and like you said of them happening around like you know volcanoes or tsunamis and stuff it's like are these aliens protecting us are they just watching us like what's what's going on something messed up happened let's just watch watch from afar yeah and that's the question is like that i've been hearing is like are they testing us are they doing some sort of like population control thing are they seeing how we react are they the ones causing these problems it's like really and i think that's the scary thing personally about aliens is like what are their intentions you know like yeah exactly are they just cool things or yeah and the way he said it in the article the aliens said we're not ready we can't handle it right now if anyone's talking to you and they're like man i have something really important to tell you but not right now because you can't handle it yeah you're like fuck something i'm gonna hear some shitty news like so clearly they're there it's not like oh we're a bunch of goofy looking aliens and they're gonna freak out when they see us it's like we'll get over that pretty quick like yeah, yeah they're clearly gonna tell us we're some hot hybrid monkey species <laughs> they developed i have like i'm not i won't be surprised if that's what the they come down and tell us. i have heard that the whole idea of how we see aliens like in movies and tv has been there since like the 50s to like normalize it for when it does happen because it's like yeah it's to think like why does it always look like that you know and it's like why are they these big heads with big eyes and it's like from the beginning of movie aliens in movies they've looked the same and there's been like people talking about how that's there to like normalize because that is how they look and that was like around like you know after world war ii which had a huge alien conspiracies and all that and it's like just weird in general 
That's where it started. Yeah, everyone thinks it's the other way around, right? Like these sci-fi movies and sci-fi books came out representing these aliens. Next thing you know, people are coming out with sightings and they're like, all right, you're watching too many sci-fi mm-hmm. movies. You're making things up. And that's what people, that's like, that's easy to say. And that might've been part of the whole, the whole part of like why they are releasing all this imagery to the public and stuff. So when people start reporting it, they're like, okay, you're watching too many movies. Yeah. You're like you're making it up. And uh, it's, it's just easy to shut people down like that. And uh, there's a great book that came out. I can't think of it at the moment, but it's all about that and how much the CIA actually was involved with a lot of these Hollywood movies. They would actually fund it and mm-hmm. they would have people in there kind of like pushing them certain directions, certain script choices. That's crazy. Even Steven Spielberg. He went to a number of different CIA operatives and like UFOologists. He talked to like uh, that J. Allen Hynek. He's like a famous uh, UFO researcher. He was part of Project Blue Book. And they just they just fed him all this shit. And you watch any Spielberg's movies, you're like, clearly like, he was in the know for some of this. Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's not just like film research. It's it's the other way around. Like you're saying these they're saying we're got to put this out there. So when you do see a sighting, you can you can say what it is like. I don't know. Maybe maybe Hollywood is just ran by aliens anyway. Maybe all, maybe all <laughs> maybe all these executives are just you know like how do we get to people once once the film cameras invented? Well, now we have a way to show people things. Like let's get in their heads instead of just just instead of yeah. just showing up in the middle of the night. You know? Yeah. yeah. They they control like all the media. They're up there in their mothership, just like in a big theater, just watching movies and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is great. Just a bunch of well, maybe we're the movies. Yeah, we're, we're their we, movies. It's like a, exactly. It's like a Truman Show effect. It's like it's a weird thing. Like I was talking about it with uh, Garrett James and his other comic. We always talk about all this crazy shit. And like we were, I was talking to him about how if you think about the idea of even drawing, how it went from like basic stick figures to like where we are, like what happened, you know, like something like the average person now could draw way better than what they were doing in caves. And then even like in like the 17, 16, 1500s, where they were still doing these, like you look at these like things on discovery channel or whatever, they're like these garbage drawings, but there was always like the (laughs) one beautiful, like Michelangelo or whatever, but it was like one in a thousand, one in 2000. But now it's like, All of a sudden we can draw better. It's like there seems to be like a gap in and the the sculptures were like it's just like very weird to think about what was happening. Well, they think a lot of uh, the early cave paintings, uh, especially in certain places in Africa and Europe, that a lot of it could have had to do with the psychedelics that uh these early primitive people are finding and ingesting. Oh, that's cool. Uh, just judging by some of the characters and the drawings they made, like <laughs> as shitty as they are, <laughs> as shitty as the cave paintings are, they represent like um, a lot of these human animal hybrids. Uh, mm-hmm. There's certain patterns and things they draw that are often seen under psychedelic experiences. And uh, so they think that's what they might've been doing, just going into the caves on these mushroom trips and just like, <laughs> painting in there and uh and then that just, know, that just evolves like human evolution of like you see the one guy that does really good and they're like oh i can kind of mimic that you know how we just mimic things or or the aliens came you think to show, showed people how to draw 
Yeah. Well, we sat them down in a well, nice art class, a nice alien art class. All right, everybody, we're going to draw a rainbow today. <laughs> but I think there had to have been some level of that where I think that it was just a fact that most people just had to work. You know what I mean? They were like living yeah. to serve. And then it was like, you clearly had to be a, like, it was kind of like you were a scientist who drew. You weren't just a draw, like an artist. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, and now clearly we're in the time of free time, pre-COVID even, where yeah. everyone's just kind of focusing on their hobbies as careers instead of <laughs> a career. And it's like, yeah. we're, and that's why I think like the COVID thing hit pretty hard you know like people were like all doing these like spiritual journey things yeah like we all can't make the cave paintings right someone's <laughs> got to go out and hunt yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know how long you guys talked before i figured out my microphone but just uh how how are you doing mark with all the covid stuff out there in uh in la and stuff it's yeah, we we didn't even mention you're out there in la yeah, yeah i'm in uh i'm in los angeles it's it's honestly like it's probably, I want to say to me, it's the same as it is in like Toronto or some other cities, but it might be worse because it is like LA where it's kind of under the, the news a lot more. But honestly, man, I have like a routine. I go to the grocery store. I go to where I know. I don't go anywhere where I don't know. And yeah. uh, just trying to keep busy. That's why I'm doing this whole Star Trek thing and learning how to code right now, essentially, because it's like... <laughs> Yeah. I need something That's to good. pass time because it's uh it is yeah very hard. And you've been there for the entirety of the pandemic so far? Pretty much. I actually was in Toronto in October for work for a couple weeks and then I came back here. So yeah, for the most part I've been there yeah. the whole time. Right so what when did you move out there originally? 2018. Uh, 2018 2018? yeah i don't know how to think things were looking good then besides <laughs> yeah it was you had some fires out there really but... good timing on my part yeah that's like that's like a <laughs> doom central place and it might be just because it's in the news all the time but you're right on the yeah. coast the whole coast could fall off it's always on fire the, the, uh, the big one or whatever they call it the earthquake yeah. that's gonna break yeah. los Angeles. there's so many reasons to not be here <laughs> <laughs> yeah droughts fires yeah. just yeah, yeah. and just and just like a straight up escape from LA movie scenario yes. that might play. But like, where there. are you gonna go? Inland Saskatchewan? Like, that's 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 the, that's the, the best thing, place, right? That's the best place to be. But there's no industry there. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you know, do I want to like, you know, survive or do I want to make it? One or the other. So what what's gonna happen? But you gotta. At the end of the day, if one goes down, everything's going down, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depends depends what the scenario is i guess right yeah but uh anyway i want to know what what what's an end of the world scenario kind of keeps you up at night like what's the one thing that you know is most likely gonna just rock our worlds water <laughs> water in which way is it gonna attack us is it, it gonna run out it might there might be the, it might have some organism no it's gonna run out i think there's gonna be you know like i've been thinking about this actually a lot recently where i'm like you know what i'm in my little space here i'm doing my thing i'm cooking i'm eating and then i'm like what happens when like the water stops or there's like a food shortage if this really continues long term and i'm like what does that mean for you know everybody like between basic things like water food and air like it's like we're already kind of yeah. limited to air because we have to 
you know, you can't walk around free anymore. And it's like, do we, is the mask going to evolve to like more of like a full helmet suit thing or like, or do we, cause that's a whole other <laughs> no, that, thing. That, that's yeah. what I was saying a week into this thing. I was like, when is the government going to start mandating whole space suits? You know, like where, when, are, when are, <laughs> yeah. when are we going to be wearing full big fishbowl? Yeah. People yeah. are, people are <laughs> doing it. People are those, doing man. it. Oh yeah. Out here people are walking around in hazmat suits. Yeah. So yeah, if we lose our air, we're and we're already starting to lose our air. But then yeah, the next one's yeah. water. And we're we were talking about that, I think last episode was the just the war on water, you know. Everyone's gonna be protecting yeah. their water and trying to keep safe, clean water. Yeah. That's the other thing. If it gets dirty and some virus ends up in the water that we're all drinking, then mm-hmm. we're really doomed. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, and like it's the thing we need to live, but it's gonna kill us. Yes. Yeah. It's so it's so or then, essential. Or then just like tsunamis and it, like just drowning us in floods and too much water. Too, too much water or too little. <laughs> we need the right amount. <laughs> That's what I think. What we're heading into. We're like we're leaving the uh, the Goldilocks zone of the water, and I, we're very comfortable. Our water's still coming in fine, but. That's exactly it. Soon we're going to get too little and too much in mm-hmm. all the wrong places. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's a scary and, thing. Yeah. And where you are, that's like you guys are getting that pumped in from all over the place. Colorado River, you got different aquifers. Yeah. The, from my understanding, though, they've been saying this for years where it's like, you know, it's been apparently a drought for a long time. And I try not to think about that too much in just Los Angeles because it, there's obviously a chance it's going to actually become a problem but apparently it's been a problem for so long that it's like who knows what the actual answer is but i know like i went to arizona i got into like boiling water a couple years ago like just on a stove and i was with a comic it's just american guy and we're in the kitchen and i pour water into a cup or he did i don't remember and I smelled like a weird smell. And I'm like, what the hell is this smell? And I'm like looking around the house. It's kind of like a chemical, like strong smell. And I smell the water and it was the water. So I end up like saying to him, I'm like, hey, man, like you shouldn't be drinking this water. Like it stinks, like for real. And he's like, oh, whatever, man. What am I supposed to do? So I would in the morning boil like a big pot of water, like like a pasta pot of water, leave it on the stove and like yeah. pour out of it, you know? So we get to the club later that week and I, and uh, I talked to the the bartender. I'm like, Hey, like, are you able to drink the water here? And he was like, no, do not drink the tap water. <laughs> and you think about how people are like, Oh, I'm pro. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not using water bottles or this and that. And if you think about that, it's like, yeah, obviously water bottles are bad. Okay. We get it. But there are places yeah. where you need to use only water bottles in America, you know, like you yeah, cannot yeah. drink tap water in Arizona, at least where I was right. in Arizona, you know, and yeah, it's still have like these ancient systems that they just never gets updated. And, they, you know, like the there's still no uh, fresh water in like what Flint, Michigan. Yeah, it's like that in a number of places. Those are just like the ones highlighted, but it's, you know, that's all deteriorating everywhere. Well, think about like a road, you know, like in Toronto, for example, it's like the city of Toronto was built to not populate as many people as it did and it's like i've seen things where toronto has been rated the one of the worst places of traffic in the world like 
compared to Los Angeles, places in Asia, India. Like it's like the worst because the system has it's built with one lane to merge onto a highway, right? Like the gardener yeah, it's pretty bad. to the DVP is one lane. Right. And to think about overhauling that, it 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 will ruin the whole city to like make yeah. multiple lanes or whatever. And I feel like that's what's happening with a lot of these things where the amount of money and time it would take to fix some of these things that should be fixed would be more than just letting it do what it does, which is the scary thing. Yeah, like the amount of time it takes just to just to fix a small pipe in a like on a street level. Like yeah. if they just tear up the whole street, they're there for weeks. Okay, you gotta do that on a whole city level. It's like, like yeah, even I think like a whole new system. I think even old houses, if you buy a house that has like old piping, like you need to legally change it because they're like some sort of like lead pipes or something that they used to use. Like there's something about it that it's a very expensive thing to like re-pipe your whole house. Like it's not exactly uh an easy process. So with with this happening in like the world and different parts losing access to fresh water or just water in general, thing like aquifers are drying up, glacier water that feeds a lot of these major rivers to major cities are getting less and less every year. Do you think we'll actually get to some kind of water war? Like I, I imagine countries will try and trade back and forth and try and help each other out, but it could happen at such an extreme level uh, that like, you know, some some force might need to be taken. Do you think it'll get to that? Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, I definitely think that at some point there will maybe be some sort of water war situation. The question that I always ask myself is just like, is this really like what's really that bad and what's just being blown out of proportion and what's like the natural evolution of the world, you know, it's like, yeah. and that's the thing that I always try and cause it's impossible to know. Cause you think about the internet, for example, and how it's literally made the world a small place and we're seeing stuff that's happening, you know, in parts of the world that we're like, Oh my God. And everyone's getting, obviously it's changing because it's promoted everywhere. But at the end of the day, that stuff's probably been going on for so long before that, you know, and I think with the world, it's a lot of things where it's like, is the, is there like, is this the world just changing and evolving or is it really, you know, bad? Like we don't, we won't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say. Like we, there is so much information to go through about all of this mm -hmm. and you know, it, it gets muddy unless you're not like an absolute expert in this, in any of these fields, like we're, we're all the same. We're all just doing our best, just clicking on websites and links. And we're like, what the fuck's going on? Well, I think that's on? what it comes down to is like what you can do to help and protect yourself and stock up your own water. Like you were saying, just boil, like boiling your own water and keeping your own water reserves. And I'm sure you're going to see a lot, mm. a lot more of that. Like people putting in their own oh, yeah. fresh water reserves in their houses and stuff. Right. Yeah, Tyler's going to start his own business of smoked water, <laughs> artisan water. Start, start selling it in Mason selling jars. It to all the hipsters, just smoke it. Yeah, yeah, it's boil, meat boil, water. Boiling it with some hickory wood, some cherry. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like humans, we, we're so cut off from nature. Uh, not, not everyone. There's there's still some pretty awesome humans living in jungles yeah. out there, yeah. living out in this living out in the Off plains the of Africa, yeah. just still doing it just old school and they're doing fine. They don't, they don't want anything to do with what we're doing. Cause they realize it's 
poisoning the yeah. earth. Like we realize and, that. And they're already point. doing that, oh, yeah. collecting their own water yeah. and uh, pur- purifying yeah. it. And that just becomes part of your daily process instead of just turning on tap. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have the internet. They don't have to, they don't have these things to research what's happening to the world around them. They're so connected to nature. They yeah. they just, they see it happen around them. I, yeah. I think that it like, it's clear that humans are the one at the end of the day. That's like, doing all the damage because if you think about a wild animal they don't get from my understanding cancer right you know it's like a house animal or an animal that's by civilization and if you think about it it's like everything in the world is it works off each other right like animals eat animals and uh like volcanoes erupt like the world is all has a system and then us keep throwing shit in and that's kind of like the going back to the aliens thing it's like are we like the viruses of the earth, you know, where it's yeah. like, were we put here to make the earth stronger maybe, or to, you know, like ruin it one day. Like it, it is a really weird thought because what yeah. we're Do doing we, yeah. is hurting the earth, not what the earth does. And we think we're doing it for efficiency to make our lives easier and quicker and better, but that is what's destroying everything. Exactly. And that's the problem because we want the most convenient thing. And it is no one wants to look behind the curtain of convenience, you know, like me going to a grocery store or me going to a, a restaurant and paying for a meal. You don't want to know what the chef is going through at home or the bus boy. Or the, <laughs> right. you're just like, I want to go yeah. and eat something for $12 and get the hell out of here. Yeah. 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 You're getting a lot of very angry breakfasts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe the aliens will show up and bring us some nice, some nice, uh, you know, <laughs> two two galaxy over purified bottled water <laughs> and yeah, and nice stainless bottles that aren't plastic that didn't ruin their planet. Yeah, just like an alien brunch to be like, here you go. Here, this is brunch was invented just for aliens. That's how we communicate, actually. <laughs> <laughs> just brunch restaurants <laughs> brunch. pretty sure that was in men in black they, they were there aliens meeting at breakfast there yeah <laughs> connection there man um yeah. so have you ever have you ever seen a ufo uh any uh, any sightings you know what i'm asking this to a lot of people lately i so. i honestly again i was with garrett we were driving somewhere and I swear to God, I saw in the distance like three lights. I I thought I was in like Alberta or Saskatchewan or something, and it could have happened two separate times, but there was never been like a clear like, whoa, that's a UFO or that's like an alien, you know, looking in a dumpster. Like it's (laughs) always been like uh, just something where it was kind of weird. And um, there's been a couple of things, especially like being out here um you know in los angeles close to spacex and knowing that there's a lot of stuff happening it's like they kind of i guess do things that they don't announce and i remember the most recent one was last year we were on the roof of my building looks over like downtown los angeles and i remember i was like sitting up there with like a friend and we just saw what looked like a shooting star but it was definitely not a star and it was like we were watching this thing just fly and it was not an airplane. It was like, it was very weird. That was the most recent possible sighting. Yeah. I feel like those probably the most common sightings. You're like, you, you see something weird, you know, 
wasn't yeah wasn't a plane wasn't a helicopter not sure at all like you, it's not like you're seeing a flying disc sitting above no no above you right no there hasn't been Those something sightings like that. Are incredible yeah you haven't been you haven't been abducted um, no, you haven't, no not no, that I know of. <laughs> woke up on the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> not right. that I know well, of. Well, beamed up. <laughs> we have a favorite segment we do here, and uh, seeing how much you're into aliens and UFOs, you can probably love this. Uh, I have this book here I got when I was a kid. Okay, it's the the Field Guide to Extraterrestrials. Oh, okay. And it is full of just the most ridiculous, weirdest aliens. Like every kind of alien anyone's ever seen. These are all reported book, so. sightings. So that yeah, was so actually we, something, sorry, to uh, that I just remembered that my friend was telling me about. Because my friend, you guys should definitely talk to get on this podcast. He's a part of, um, well, I guess you're not all talking about aliens. He's a he's like one of the main guys at, what's the Canadian X-Files thing? Or... Um, MUFON? Yeah, Mufon. he's one of the top guys at MUFON. He does like actual investigative stuff for them. Uh, and he was yeah, yeah. telling me that because you don't think about species of alien. So apparently yeah. there's a green alien, a gray alien, and then the Norwegian ones or whatever that look like Vikings. Yeah. And there's apparently been a lot of reported sightings when people say that they were abducted where they woke up laying on a bed and there was these tall blonde people around them like white blonde people yeah and it was just like very weird when you think about species of alien like races you yeah, know it just feels like you're in like a scandinavian spa or yeah, something yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. how did i get here <laughs> but yeah it's pretty but crazy it is, yeah like and if that's the case if they're all coming but it here, makes like, total we just sense some road it makes stuff? total sense that there'd be different species but yeah you don't oh for sure it. you don't think of but uh, we're going to get into one of these stories. A bunch of weird-looking extraterrestrials taking people in their flying saucer. They do bad things to their vessels, then take them home again. I have to be in orbit. Field guide. Field guide to extraterrestrials. It's our favorite part of the show. Uh, so I've chosen, I've kind of flipped to a random page here. We've chosen... Uh, so there's always classifications for these aliens because there's apparently so many. So this one's a, in the humanoid. He's a short non-gray. And his distinguishing characteristic is his scarred face. So we're dealing with Scarface. Um, and the sighting happened in 1967 in Idaho. So we oh, find a lot of... <laughs> it's always the late 60s and 70s when these things happen, so... Yeah, there's no recent like books about alien sightings like that. It's always like something that happened in like 30 years ago or 20 years ago. Yeah, I bought this book in the 90s when I was like 10 years old, and I think like the last sighting, like the the, the most recent in this book is like 1995. So, <laughs> you know. So, anyways, um, a sudden blinding flash in front of their car surprised two Navajo Indian youths on a highway just outside of Reary, Idaho. At 9.30 at night, the flash was followed by the abrupt appearance of an eight-foot-wide domed saucer with flashing green and orange lights around its rim. The car stopped as the object hovered about five feet above the road, bathing the whole area in a green light. So you got your classic saucer shape. Uh, it seems pretty small, though. Like uh, Eight feet? 
Yeah. It's <laughs> another thing. Like whenever people will see like a, they'll see a disc or like an egg shaped object come down and, you know, it doesn't seem that big. It's like, you know, 15 feet high, 10 feet wide. But then it's like a clown car of aliens coming out. Right. Like how do yeah, they all a... fit in there? <laughs> it's like a, the, uh, what is it called? The beetle, the Volkswagen beetle. It's like <laughs> yeah. a lost family of aliens. <laughs> just coming out with a roadmap <laughs> so anyways on the craft you know through the transparent dome the witnesses could see two small occupants they have to be small when the dome opened one figure floated down to the ground it stood about three and a half feet tall had a kind of a backpack on that protruded behind its hairless head its oval face was heavily pitted and creased its ears were large and high its eyes were small and round and its mouth was just a slit there was no nose to see, but it had a lot of deep scars in its face. So something's yeah, this guy's alien has seen some shit. He's hey, gone yeah. some shit. He's uh, gone he's, through a few he's, wars. He's been beat up or at least got in a tangle with a badger or something. Yeah. You know, you know, side note is like, why do people always assume that aliens are the smarter ones? Like, what happens if like they're just dumb? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like we always have this thing that they're like these geniuses that are like in the puppet masters. But it's like, what happens if it's like the, actually the opposite where, you know, like they're not coming here because they're scared of humans for that reason of, you know, because is that evolution like a four foot, like a two foot tall Whatever bald. that alien was, bald yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like mate, what if the only thing that they figured out how to do was travel through space, but they haven't evolved yeah. past yeah. just eating baby food and driving time through stopped. space? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're like, now we can just travel through time. We don't. Time stopped for us when we were all babies. Yeah, like, like, like obviously this guy's, it. obviously this guy's gotten like. um you know, bashed up his face a whole bunch. Like <laughs> if he's covered in scars. Yeah, which is weird. It could Alien be the case flights. of uh, space pirates, and they just kind of nab this this thing. Yeah, it could really. be a planet just as dumb as ours. But like you know, we we humans <laughs> would do the same thing. If we just like jack some guys, uh, some aliens flying saucer, we would totally take. Oh it. yeah. So, anyways, this um, here I'll show you a picture there, Mark. We got we got a camera. Oh, it's... oh wow that's what it looks like yeah he's got a nice like little like backpacking backpack on it's riding high <laughs> probably what helps him breathe his little air pack yeah got a little onesie some cute little boots so the entity approached the car and opened the driver's side door that's pretty bold so he just opens it right up when it when it slid yeah. behind the wheel the two youths the two youths moved over to the right so they just let this alien get right behind the wheel yeah what, what i was gonna say what is this my cousin Vinny? carjacking he's two youths like how you guys doing we're gonna go for a ride <laughs> you ever been to mexico so then with the object in a fixed position a few feet in front of the car the car was driven or towed out into a wheat field so they went off the road out into the middle of a field and just left. Sorry, them. so the aliens are driving the car. They, they hijacked their car. Yeah. Right. He's either and the driving people are the in car. the back seat. They're sitting beside them. They're they're riding a shotgun and in the middle. It's the 60s, so it's probably like a big bench. Oh, okay. like, uh, big wide you know, truck. <laughs> big wide truck, truck seat. No one's wearing seats. Where's the driver? Oh, they he he had to move over because the alien just jumped right <laughs> in the truck. 
He's like, move over. I can do this. I'm going to drive out to this field. Maybe that's what crop circles are. It's just aliens stealing donuts in cornfields. <laughs> Just doing donuts, yeah. Lights a cigarette. <laughs> I got this. Of Budweiser. Yeah, that's uh, that's what they get off on. They just travel around <laughs> and just like jack other people's vehicles, just Joy run amok and just leave them there. Joyride. Yeah, that's kind of weird that the people just kind of moved over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You take it. Take it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, when the car stopped, Tossie, I was just one of the victims here, opened the door and ran to a farmhouse about a quarter mile away. A bright light apparently from the second occupant followed him. So he's getting chased down by like a smaller flying saucer by the sounds of it. So one one alien jacks their car, takes off through a wheat field, but then they follow in the flying saucer. Yeah. The car, okay. they, they weren't sure if the alien was driving or if the UFO was towing the truck out to the wheat field. I, I would love to know if this book was written by like an insurance salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like, look, we blew the car up, all right? Just we, There's a clause in insurance that says if aliens abducted, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. that's what the story's for. It's just that, that probably went through a lot in the 60s. There's probably insurance <laughs> brokers that just like, yeah, get the oh, alien yeah. clause out. Yeah, yep. we got to get remove the alien clause. <laughs> it just keeps happening. Keep shutting <laughs> down their engines. Uh, where were we? Anyways, the, uh, the other victim... So we, we got one guy running to the farmhouse. Uh, the other guy, meanwhile, cowered in in the front seat as the entity spoke to him in an unintelligible bird-like sounds. So he's sitting there just going like, caw, caw, coo, <laughs> <laughs> the guy's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, when the second entity returned to the car, the first emerged and then the two then floated up into the object, which rose out of sight in a zigzag fashion. So there's no reason they drove that truck out there. They drove out and then they got back in the truck or back up in their, their flying saucer and they left. Uh, so anyways, yeah. tossing. They, they always just leave. They yeah. just leave. It's yeah. a weird thing. Like they might, it, it, I would have to say if I was to take the alien side, they were like kids. Yeah. You know, they were kid aliens just looking to, you know, cause some ruckus. But other than that, like, how would you ever explain that if that was real? Yeah, you know, and like why did that just happen? Apparently, the well, the two witnesses there, you know, they were pretty young themselves. They got pretty uh, disturbed by the whole thing. You know, they told the local police and local papers, and of course, everyone just made fun of them. They didn't take it seriously. Yeah, um, but uh, apparently that night there was a ton of UFO sightings of a very similar craft in that area. So, really. Yeah, so that's something else that, that comes along with a lot of these super weird alien abduction stories we get is like other witnesses to the event, whether they just see the craft or they see the person actually being taken, like in the case of Travis Walton. Have you ever heard that story? Is that, is that the movie? That there was a movie that... Yeah, uh, Fire one... in the Sky. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have heard that. But that was kind of his fault because he kind of jumped out of the truck and just ran at it. And uh, I don't know, cocky move. Yeah, I would never run at something that was it what in the middle of a forest or in the middle of a road in the middle of nowhere, you know, like I'm definitely going to be going the other direction. Yeah. Um but you know, it's it's interesting that there were sightings cuz if there weren't like additional sightings to this, I just say these two uh these two Navajo youths just got hammered and drove their truck into a a wheat field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like 
what was uh, an alien was just like a guy who stole their car or something. You know, yeah. <laughs> no. it, it sounds like they just got carjacked. Other than the UFO yeah. and the and the guy uh, making crow noises at him. Well, yeah, I'm I'm thinking like if you're like super drunk or high or whatever, and someone's shining a light like a flashlight in your eye, <laughs> like yeah. they probably were just chased with a guy holding a flashlight. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I think these guys are just a little, little too much moonshine for the both of them. And or uh, or, it's, yeah. or or it's an alien sighting. Or, or it's an alien, a very bizarre. Yeah, maybe it was like a training session. Maybe they were just like figuring it out, and like they couldn't actually get the truck in the tractor beam. So like, all right, just get out and drive it out to that field, then we'll figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> or or maybe it's like because like like Mark was saying there, maybe they were like teenager aliens, but it was kind of like an interdimensional thing. So they come across these other two teenagers, you know, like okay, we're gonna jack their car. What those guys should do? They should have got out and jacked the spaceship. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just flipped it or around. The guy that ran for the farmhouse, not, like not moved over. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, moved over. I'm not getting in my car. <laughs> like, there's just like, yeah, because I guess when you when you start bringing in like interdimensional stuff, it's like we don't know what I guess those aliens are seeing compared to what we're seeing, you know. And it's like, yeah, maybe there really was some mission to what they did that we just can't comprehend, you know. Yeah. Or it's the same two dudes in another dimension. They were just getting back in what they thought to be their truck, but it was a spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, man, like this is where we cross paths. Yeah, yeah. This is where we meet. It's like this Bill and Ted. Up. It's like Bill and Ted. <laughs> that's, that is, yeah, that's you know, ridiculous. It's, like, it's hard to like really write those things off but then also believe them you know and and it's like you try and put yourself in their position because if it ever happened to you you know you're like well now i'm the crazy guy who's telling this insane story but well that's what they they make good stories that's it makes they do they do i just don't know if i've known anybody who's had like a close encounter like more like ghost encounters than alien encounters you know like yeah yeah Yeah. what what about uh, your uh, the guy that works at that organization the the MUFA organization MUFON has he, yeah has he had any encounters or he probably knows some people it, he's definitely done a lot of like research on it obviously he can tell you a lot more than I could from what he does but it's like yeah. I don't know if he's personally and I don't want to be like quoting him I honestly don't know what his... yeah we'll have to get him on Brandon's actually gone to some of those yeah. meetings and stuff yeah they were kind of weird I yeah like I wanted to join the local chapter in Brantford Ontario of MUFON yeah yeah <laughs> so I went to one of their he... meeting meetings in a cafe did he used to run those I don't know if he ran those but he would go to them I remember he would tell me and he's now like the head of like um i want to say like social media or something for them like (laughs) he's like if you go on their youtube like i'm pretty sure you'll see his name um and it's like he's showing me like videos he actually interviewed the guy from canada that the 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 old guy okay i'm pretty sure that that was him because he had a video that he did it could have been another guy but you know this is really not the best thing to be throwing around facts that i don't know yeah it's just cool he definitely, he, I, I'm, I know that he showed me a thing that he did, and it there was an old guy, and I want to say that it was this Paul guy, but I'm not a hundred percent. But um, he does. It's like, always interviews. an old guy. It's always an old guy, man. He even <laughs> has one of those like, uh, 
uh radiator things that like measures like radiation okay radiation so yeah, like if yeah. there's like uh landings or like crop circles yeah know? he does the whole thing yeah oh uh, yeah we got we got to get him on for sure it's it's just yeah, cool yeah, to I'll see t- those people uh, that get like uh, so passionate about that the same way like we get passionate about comedy or filmmaking and stuff. Oh, he's all about <laughs> it, and he he's a documentary guy, right? So he's like yeah. works in the industry, so like he has his own thing. But it's uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's good about it though. Well, Tyler, that's you definitely, I could definitely go that direction. You know, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah I, you're tipping on the scale, Brandon. One day, you're <laughs> and like I want to, I want to make the make the movie with you for sure. When you lose your mind, I want to be right there with the camera. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we're gonna go. Uh, yeah, I've been joining. Uh, you know what CE five is? That's where uh, it's like it's how to communicate with the UFOs. It's all about meditation. Uh, okay, you go in a group. And there's like this crazy documentary that came out all about it. These people sitting out in the desert meditating. And just like putting their want into the universe, saying basically, like, come here, we want to see you. And there were, it was actually working. Like, they were seeing all these crazy UFO sightings. There's all this really? wild footage of it. But it where is that documentary? Uh, I, I think it's on Prime. You can. Oh, really? I do yeah, have Prime. It's on Prime. It's called, yeah. It's Stephen Greer. He's got a bunch of wacky UFO and alien CE5? CE5. Yeah. I check and that out. I might watch that tonight. They, they meditate the aliens to, yeah. you know, you, you manifest it, it'll come, right? That's, that's yeah, works, works with anything. They think, yeah, the, really, you, you know, asking you shall receive <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah, like, like the belief is like these are not only extraterrestrials but more as ultra terrestrials. So, like, they have this incredible consciousness that that's why they're able to just sit in the desert and like conjure them up because if they're up there. And they are as highly conscious as you know they claim they are. It's just like picking it up like a radio signal, and they just you know, hey, someone's calling. It's like uh, Bill over there in Nevada wants us to come flash our lights three times. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Well, <laughs> if I joined a few. Uh, I don't know what happened here. Oh, oh, it's. I think you're back now. Sorry, it just got like really weird, and I'm like, you weren't like you were looking, but you were taught your audio was all mixed up, and I was like, oh, this is weird. Uh, oh, oh no. He's doing it right now. He's channeling, <laughs> He's channeling the aliens. I honestly He's thought like my head was like, what's happening? Um, well, you know, just a, a small side note about that. It's like I've always had this theory that in stand up that like people are dumb, but audiences are like geniuses. And like one of the uh, hardest thing to do as a comic, but it's the best thing that you could do if you can do it is get all the audience on like one wavelength. Right. Yeah. Like. I guess kind of like the whole hive mind effect. And I and I wonder if this whole like mass chanting type scenario, you know, like if it is some sort of like power grid of some sort that, you know, because thinking about where these pyramids are and the stuff in Peru and all that, if yeah. you have that mixed with a whole colony of people like praying, if it's like some hyper uh yeah you know like antenna yeah. yeah and it's these are all incredible theories but it's like not something our culture is willing to even take seriously at all like there's yeah. maybe a handful of scientists bravely kind of going at these weird subjects like psychic abilities and even telekinesis and like remote viewing which was all things the cia was studying for years going back to the 60s and there's all there's proof of that like have you ever go, gone on the cia site 
they've just like opened up their library of just every crazy thing they've ever done studies on just open it up to the public they're just like here have it all there's shit about i did see something recently about that was shared and i don't remember if it was i think it was about like remote viewing or the meditation or something yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember but they they you know the, to me all that means is that they they did find some big like advancements in it and they're like we just have to bury this now yeah. you know because we can't keep talking about you know mind control if it's real you know <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> and, and it's funny how that lines up like all that cia stuff lines up like taking off in the 60s and that lines up with all these sightings that we're reading in this silly yeah. book the silly book that brandon's got it's so, always like, around that time like yeah right in that the couple decades there yeah they're just opening up portals just weird things are coming through that's Maybe those aliens that abducted that guy in Idaho had no means of coming through, <laughs> but like some stupid experiment we did. Next thing you know, yeah. they're stuck into a portal and they're just like, all right, get in this guy's truck. <laughs> yeah, those could be like human based scars, you know, like yeah. humans could have gave that guy that alien a scar. Just gave him I, a one beating. Of, one of the first things I think I wrote in stand up, like it was like a stupid, like short story. It was called 24 hours to live, one hour to die. And I think I, it's on Facebook, I think, or they actually just recently got rid of it because they got rid of the note section. But um, it was essentially a movie about aliens and the world becomes so overpopulated that the rotation of the world slows down by an hour <laughs> and days are now 25 hours long instead of 24 and in that 25th hour, it opens up a portal where aliens attack Earth. So in your day, you're hiding or training to fight aliens in that 25th hour Just every day. Just for that day. one hour. That's awesome. That, that one hour. That movie, man. That's got to be a that movie. Was, yeah. Th <laughs> that was definitely like the first movie idea I had in, uh, in stand-up. It was like 24 hours to live, one hour to die. That's, that's, that, awesome, that's the title you, right there. Yeah, The you title gotta, was yeah, what yeah. sold me on it, too. I was like, yeah, this is... Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you got to make it, man. You got to make it. I should just make a poster. At least make the poster. That, I, <laughs> that that's something we love doing all the time. Is making posters or like ten second trailers for movies that, yeah. we'll, that we'll never make. <laughs> yeah, I would love to make that movie. It'd just be like way too insane. Uh, that's awesome. Well, I don't know if Brandon asked off the top, but what uh, you got any film projects on the go right now, or movie projects oh. you can you you can talk about? Uh, I was we mentioned like the album and like the podcast stuff off the top, but on the film side, I'm I was I'm trying to have like a goal that I want. I started writing like a, a movie script and I'm like, I just I don't care if it sucks. I just want to get it done. Like this is like for me being in Los Angeles and instead of Toronto, I'm trying to justify being here right now by finding goals. You know, I'm like, OK. Yeah. I'm using this time. I want to do the podcast thing. I want to work on this other thing. And I have like a movie script that I'm like, I just want to get it done so I could at least come out of COVID being like, I at least didn't fully waste my time. So I wanted to, at this point, uh, film a short film over the Christmas break and then have something to edit. Yeah. But it kind of fell apart and it's hard right now, obviously, with not wanting to exactly film people and yeah. You know, but I'm more working on writing and my own editing stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, being on set right now is, is a scary time. You know, we just went yeah. through a, a shoot and it was tough. You know, everyone masked up until time to roll and they take it off like the virus yeah. knows that the cameras were rolling. They're like, breathe in, <laughs> not out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but isn't there, it was an interesting experience doing that because we were kind of out racing like the lockdown or the, that, yeah, we shot yeah. it in Hamilton. And like as we were wrapping up this show, kind of they were heading into like red zone lockdown. Actually, that's yeah. why that's why we had to we canceled the shoot that we had on uh, Sunday this last yeah. weekend because yeah. of a uh, COVID scare on one of our producers. Yeah, um, really. Yeah, his his wife. He ended up being uh, tested negative, but his wife tested positive. So we Weird. decided we decided not to shoot just because we didn't want to go into uh, production. Well, that's the thing, man. Like it really is changing everything you know like i had a thing that when i went back to toronto and it was in kitchener and it was a full crew and we all got tested before and it was like you're yeah. still in public you're not like living in a bubble you know yeah. we're still in like a hotel and you know and yeah uh, yeah. yeah it was it was terrifying well, yeah. spe well speaking of doing stand-up during all this uh comedians really have been trying to like find ways to do it like there's been zoom shows it was like outdoor yeah. shows mm -hmm. all trying to do it during this pandemic but it made me think i'm like if there's some other horrible world event happening that's affecting the whole world <laughs> like a super volcano or an emp what will stop stand-up yeah. <laughs> yeah there's still gonna be guys grabbing will they keep going the yeah. lava oh lava. yeah yeah Comics are like Twinkies, man. They're gonna survive the Twinkies, your cockroaches, or whatever they're called. They're gonna they're gonna survive the end of time. Someone's yeah, gonna be yeah. riffing on the lava as they're melting. Yeah, it's really com <laughs> coming up to their neck, and they just got the mic. And just and one more punchline. They're like, let me just talk about this. Look at this bird melting. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I do think like I was actually talking about this with someone. I've been doing stand up now for you know, 14 years next, over 13 years now. And if I was in my first five years during this pandemic, I would be out every show I could be doing because it was like such a thing that took over my brain. I wouldn't even put reality into consideration because I'm like, I got to do stand up. I'm going to go talk on top of a parking uh, on top of a garage and I don't care. Like I'm going to find it. And, and I do think that it's, uh, it's weird that, I, I personally haven't, I did one show since March, like, and it Me was too. an outside show. Yeah. yeah. Outdoor show in Toronto, no microphone. Uh, but I know that people are still going in and it's like, you know what, if that's your, your thing, that's totally fine. Yeah. If there's an audience there, you know, like I just don't want to put myself in that situation. So the album was recorded, uh, like, before the actual stand-up part stand -up was parts. actually recorded last March it, okay. or uh, okay. January. Because when I came back to Toronto last year, I was at the Waterloo Comedy Festival and I ended up opening up for Tom Green and uh, uh, this other awesome comic, Shane Smith, was on. And like I was in a theater and I was like, you know what? I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to perform in a theater again or have an audience because I'm going back to L.A. or like a good audience that I could record. So I talked to Phil, the, the producer of the festival. I was like, hey, man, like, can I just record this? And he's like, yeah. So one of the sponsors was a music company. So they gave all the equipment needed to record. Uh, and the sound guy was like totally cool to mix it like as it was happening. I would have obviously liked to have more mics in the audience because it was a pretty big theater. Yeah. But it was it was definitely like 
that was my uh what is it called my uh my earthquake kit you know like that yeah. was like <laughs> i had that sitting on a hard drive comedy records called me and they were like man like we should release this and then that's why i didn't want to just do a stand-up thing so i'm like let me just do the mix but it was pre pre-covid recording yeah, uh, it, man yeah that's awesome too and uh, the mix turned out perfect with the, all the sketches tying in the all the stand-up it was great man uh, of the album yeah oh nice thanks uh, uh yeah yeah the, the sketch of the the stick in the the patio oh, door the wood uh, door wood that, that <laughs> I, door, door, doorway very yeah. very relatable <laughs> i i lived in toronto in a in a place with a patio door and I, all i had was a half a hockey stick keeping me in there so yeah I, I that's that. it man it's you and that stick keeping <laughs> the burglars out yeah because i remember days that we get locked out of the house i'm like oh i hope tyler didn't put the stick in the door or else i'm not gonna have to <laughs> climb up through my window yeah up at dufferin and eglinton with a stick in the door oh yeah man it, it's it was insane because like i honestly didn't know how relatable that was like i'm I'm Italian and I didn't know if it was like an Italian thing. I didn't know if it was just like an overall thing. And I didn't know if it was an American thing or a Canadian thing. And, and it was like, I remember that was like an old joke I had. It never worked. Then about a year ago, I started just doing it. And it all of a sudden made sense. Like it just started working in Toronto. <laughs> and then awesome. when I came back out to LA after that trip, I, I did it at a show and it just like worked. And I was like, okay, so this might be like relatable, I guess. Like everyone knows the door would. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. The whole, the whole album's great. Everyone should go check it out yeah, and check out all your it. albums. What you got four or five albums? Sitting yeah. There? There's a couple of them out there. Some of them are uh, just kind of like, you know, I would, I would skip a couple tracks, but there's, <laughs> there's, there's enough content out there to keep you busy for a bit. For sure. And yeah, man, uh, check it out. Do you got some uh you got some tracks on the 10 year comedy records album too? I do. I have a track on there. Yeah. I think we I got one. I think we all got like one five or seven minute track or something. That that's awesome, man. We uh Brandon and I, we when we moved to Toronto like 10 years ago, we were always following you guys around and going to all the shows and you guys all that whole group inspired us to get on stage and yeah. do shit. So and big and oh, that's make, awesome. make films and make sketches and stuff and yeah, yeah yeah we got this show going on and it's good that, it's good that <laughs> yeah. you got shit going on and uh thanks for doing the show man yeah it's been great having honestly you like thanks for having me if you ever ever want to talk aliens again uh i'm always a zoom link away awesome yeah. man we'll have you back for sure zoom me in because yeah it is you can't really talk openly about this stuff you know even though it is technically an open podcast but it's hey, at least contained for now. You're, uh, yeah. you can be our LA correspondent as, as that place slowly <laughs> burns to the ground. You can keep us, yeah. keep us, keep us updated up here in Ontario. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Right, man. Thanks for having me, guys.